Okay, let's get this party started. I think they were slightly tardy. Good afternoon, everyone. How are you? Hope everything is well here at the BC Motor facility. Welcome to another exciting episode of the BC Motor Tech Tuesday. I don't know if I should stay online because I'm kind of connected to the internet. Hopefully, I'm good. And let me know if you guys can hear me properly. Um, I think someone is, everyone is good. Hello, Sean. Thank you for joining us. Hello, Got Slammed. Good seeing you. Hello, Five. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys, for joining. Hello. Good afternoon. And for those of you on YouTube, thank you for joining us this afternoon. We are in another great episode of Tech Tuesday. For those of you on iTunes or Anchor, listening to us live through podcasting, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Oh, thank you so much, cousin. Appreciate the kind words. Good afternoon, S14. Thank you, Rain. Rain said I'm loud and clear. I appreciate that. And guys... Of course, I have Ariana right here behind me, so take a look. Say hi, Ariana. There she is. And wanted to thank you guys for coming. Hello, Richard. Good afternoon. Thumb up to you as well, cousin. Hello, Adrian and Joe. Ricky, my good friend, thanks for seeing you. Thanks for all the kind hearts. Um, yeah, happy Tuesday to you as well, Joe. Thank you so much. Hello. Okay, so today we have a great interaction, and Ari is doing something very special for us today. She's going to give us a few questions that came in, and we're going to get to a lot of your questions this afternoon. Hey, Steve. Thank you for joining us. Good afternoon, Johnny. Thank you so much. So, Ari, I know we have a few questions, so we'll start with some of those questions. And as you guys have questions live, I am here to help answer. I just want to give back. Hello, Purell. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. I love your oil. Fantastic. Hello, Kill. What's up? Good to see you. A backflip? I'm not very good at backflips, so you must forgive me. I don't think I'll be able to do that for you today, Richard. I, I appreciate that. How about this? That's not back there. Okay, so, Ari, what question do we have first? And I'll go back and forth from you guys live and the questions that were written in earlier today. Okay, we have a question from I am Jose. I am Jose, has a question. You mentioned in the live stream from yesterday that you'd be making the wagons look similar to the one that you had before. Yes. What exactly did that wagon look like? Okay. And what's the extra touch that will separate these two forms from the first one? Okay, so for those of you who may remember, and hello to you, Apollo, thank you so much, and Elgo. I, in, I was thinking far back as 2007, 2008, I put together this EE wagon. It was a 1988 Civic Wagovan. And I wanted something that can really show what could be done on a reliable, streetable basis for horsepower per liter. So I participated in this crazy Super Street Magazine shootout. Um, I built an NA engine to make the most power that was extremely reliable. My competitors built a crazy turbocharged application and... One of the winners made fun of me, saying, why did I build an NA setup in a horsepower shootout? Even though my goal was to create something that's reliable, we're going to have a test, cycling from peak horsepower to peak torque for 30 minutes straight, and that test was never, never performed. And because of that, the people who had the crazy drag engines actually won. So with a tease, I decided to show that I can build a, an engine using NA concepts for turbocharging it, getting the reliability and making more horsepower per liter than the winner. So the van came to light. My goal was to create a 600 horsepower engine with 1.6 liters. We got the 724. It was fantastic. I drove the car for quite a bit, and then people kept trying to steal it, so I got rid of it, and now I miss it. Now with my partners from AEM uh, Filtration, AEM Intakes, um, we are going to bring that Wago band back to life. It will look very similar. It was blue, like a Bissemore blue, like the Porsche back here. And very clean, white wheels, very elegant, no crazy arrow, no crazy stickers, just really clean wagon. And I'll post a picture of it later on today. 
It had a, just a nice cool lip, a mid-wing, a black roof. Uh, the interior was a mixture of pleather and denim. Just really, really clean car. Huge turbo, bigger than the valve cover, just huge. Um, made great power and created a great opportunity for us at Bissimoto for turbocharger wares and camshafts, which is really great. And we're able, able to develop quite a few pots. So what am I doing differently with this new Resurrection? So it will also have a four-point cage. It will also be blue. It will have the cutout in the grill like the original one did. I will have white wheels, but instead of having some BC Moto Spinworks specials, um, I plan on having uh, like an old-school throwback with our friends from 1552, so there will be white wheels as well. And instead of a D16 Z6 engine, which is somewhat dated now, I am going to do something with a current engine that just came out from Honda. So that's all I can share. And it will also be turbocharged, but will create a ton of parts as well. I see that uh, Automotive Underdogs wants me to do a turbo. I would do it. I don't know if you can see back there, but it's a silver um, 996 turbo back there. The 996 turbos make about 370 to the wheel stock. With a simple turbo bolt-on, upgraded intercoolers, and an engine management solution, we can get you to north of 480 wheel, which is awesome on regular pump gas. So we have some great things to do. Hey, Jeremiah. Thank you for the kind words and the cleanest Wago van ever. You helped with the stickers on that, so I really appreciate that. Yeah, Joe, you may have a little bit of a hint there, but it will be exciting nonetheless. nonetheless. Ricky, thank you so much. Yeah, we had a good time building that. So I hope it answers the questions. So Bryce is asking, why Porsches? What made me fall in love with Porsches? Well, it has to do with the same thing of all us car guys loved. I'm sure when you were younger, you probably had posters of cars on your wall. We always loved 911s. As a child, I had this cool poster on my wall of a purple, yeah, purple, 911, which is old school. You know, it has that classic Porsche 911 look that's very unique. But of course, as a child, I couldn't afford it or even imagine I'd have one. So fast forward to the mid-2000s. I met a good guy, uh, Benny Pequa. Um, Benny is a road racer who made his money in the dot-com boom. And what Benny did, he had an opportunity to sell his company, retire, and his first car when he came here from France was a CRX. So he loves Hondas, he raced CRXs and raced Civics, and that's why he came to me to tune his Honda Challenge Civic. But as a daily driver, he drove a Porsche 911 and said, BC, you've done such a great job with these Hondas, It'd be good if you use that same mentality of reliability and excitement and creativity in Porsches. So that being said, we had the opportunity to explore that at his advice. And the first Porsche I ever built was that right there. And in normal BC motor fashion, what could I do? I like to take engines that are not loved with the opportunities and build them. So I got this air-cooled chassis wide body, widened up a little bit more, and infused a water-cooled M96 power plant that most Porsche people say are rubbish. Most Porsche people who are enthusiasts say it's a ticking time bomb and there are all kind of problems with the engine. But for those of you hardcore Honda guys, you know that when we have a problem, we don't throw the engine away. We find ways of solving it. If you get a B-series engine and you boost it and your sleeve cracks, you don't say all B-series engines are crap. You sleeve it, right? If your head breaks or, or starts lifting, you don't say, oh, these rod bolts are, or these head bolts are rubbish. You put ARP studs. Well... With a Porsche, they de-chunk on the sleeves, there are IMS bearing issues, there's intermediate shaft issues, um, there are issues with the rear main seals. You address those, and the ports are huge from factory, they make a lot of power. So I use that opportunity, hello Dark Knight from back home, 
We used that opportunity to definitely address those, and I made over a thousand horsepower with this car. It was scary to drive. So after three turbo iterations with my friends from Turbodynamics, she's now 850 wheel, still frightening, but a lot better. So I hope that answers your question properly. Hello, Dark Knight. For those of you who don't know, Dark Knight is a hardcore enthusiast. He has a sanctioning body back in Nigeria, where I'm from, and he's doing great things, and we may be doing something very soon. So I look forward to interacting with him very, very, very soon. Um, about building a Turbo LS, now you mean Chevy LS or Honda LS? Let me know which one. My pleasure, Bryce, my pleasure. Hello, FV, good seeing you. Yes, I do. So the factory IMS bearings, even though a small amount of those fail, about 2% or so, it's not as bad as some manufacturers of aftermarket parts that let you think, it's always good insurance to upgrade it. So the same way that if you're not for sure if your rods are going to fail if you stop pushing the engine, but it's good insurance to upgrade them. So it's the same thing with IMS bearings, absolutely. Chevy LS, I'd love to, especially if I have a relationship with Chevrolet, which I don't. So for me to do one on my own, I have so much going on here. It may be a little bit tough, but by all means, um, if we have an opportunity to work with Chevrolet or GM, I'll be more than happy to explore that. Um, you sent a question about the EK hatch. Do we have a question from Manifest Detailing, by any chance? Okay, maybe you can ask this live, because I, I already didn't have one. Maybe I can, I can answer that for you right here, you know? So, Matthew, yes, Washington quite a bit. I've done quite a bit of racing in Kent. It's one of my favorite tracks. Very, very nice, which is pretty nice, you know? Thank you so much, S14. I appreciate the, uh, the faith in our company. Appreciate that. You are too kind, Chef. I love what I do, just like you guys, and I want to give back. This is my way of giving back to help all of you to have the advice and guidance that I didn't have when I was going crazy and spending tons of money, you know? I know, that'd be kind of crazy at 14. So what a question do we have, Ari? We have a question from Samuel Brownfield. Samuel Brownfield. Do you ever tune standalones that are AEM? Yes, I do. So he's asking, do I ever tune standalones that are not AEM? And I'm a huge advocate of AEM Infinity, especially, because it offers hardcore motorsports capabilities and efficiency and speed at prices for the sportsman, average sportsman racer, which I like quite a bit. And allows me to do a lot of cool things, especially in terms of fail safes. So I do two other things. I do Haltech, I do Hondata, um, I do K-Tuned, Motec, um, quite a few engine management solutions, um, Stinger, you name it. So I do quite a bit. So I do a lot more than AEM, by all means. Um, so I see, oh, some great questions coming in, guys. I really appreciate that. Um, no, I have not Fox. I've never run the Odyssey down to 1320. I've never done that. June 8, AJ, may be hard because I have so much going on here. So I won't be able to make the button wheel. Even though I love it, um, I do have a meeting with the guys from Hot Wheels on, on uh, Friday. So I won't be able to make that. I'm so sorry. Um, so need help on a seal cam block and head to go with? Have Mike from Madville do it. Well, if you want a seal cam, if you want a big block seal cam, the F22A is the way to go. If D-Series, the Z6, D16, Z6 is what's ideal. Hello, Liam. Um, I can turbo lift a Jeep Wrangler. Just write to me at sales at bcmo.com, Benson, and let me know your budget and your timelines, and we'll see what we can do to take care of you. Um, Off-road, you know, Joe is asking, I've done, you know, saying I've done so much on pavement, have I ever considered off-roading? I'm thinking about it because we're starting to develop a very good relationship with the guys from FCA, uh, Fiat Chrysler Automobile Group. And we're really thinking about getting to the newer Wranglers and doing some fun stuff. So stay tuned. I'll keep you posted. That looks like a very nice time. Um, my preferred turbo choice, I do like Turbonetics. 
And now that they've merged with precision, that's even a better symbiosis there. Um, Turbinetics, I love them because they can make custom things. They have their roots in aerospace. So even though motorsports is a very small slither of their business, all the drones you see for military, all the crazy stuff with, with the government, they do it. That's what Turbinex comes from. And Precision, they're a hardcore enthusiast. Those guys are always pushing the envelope to find ways to have better compressor technology, thinner veins, more revolution, or more air produced per revolution of compressor. They're really good at that stuff. So the fact that two of them together, I feel that they're the best combination of companies for turbocharging technology, which is pretty nice. Thank you, Gary, for the kind words. I really appreciate that. My pleasure at 14. My favorite Porsche overall is what Matagi is asking. I like the 918 because it allows the opportunity for, I would say, petrol and the new technology with EV engines. But I'm very curious about the Mission E that's coming out. So hang on to my favorite Porsche until I play with the Mission E and we'll see what happens there, which I'm pretty excited about that. How many Hondas have I owned over the years? So many questions live, Ari. It's crazy, right? Um, I've had, let's see, my personal ownership. Let's see, um, my 88 Honda CRX, my 88 Wago van. Um, I would say my 2006 Insight. So that's three so far. The Odyssey that we have now, the 2012 Civic, 2013 Accord, 2011 CRZ, two Honda Fits. Um, a Honda HRV, so that's 10 so far. I'm hoping I'm not missing any. Uh, yeah, I got an Odyssey already. So that's oh, Del Sol, so 11, blue Del Sol. Um, oh, and I had a silver Wago van, um, that I ended up sending to one of our workers here, so that's 12. 12 Honda so far, that's why I've owned. Yes, I can build your K20A2, Chris, by all means. I just need to know your timelines and budget and what you plan on doing. Hello, Champagne. Thanks for the kind words. Uh, CRV, I would love to. It depends on what our friends from Honda want to do, and I'd be more than happy to. Um, will I ask you a question from yesterday? I don't know what question it is. We get so many. We get hundreds of emails I can attest to a day, so it's, it's hard to tell which is which. I'm trying to see what other questions we have. Um, Fox Body, you know, we were just talking about that earlier today. Um, Matt Farrell was here earlier, and we talked about Fox Body Mustangs. And I thought about it. they're very lightweight, and you can put the end, you can put a coyote in there if you want to and go crazy because they're really lightweight. I've thought about it, but haven't done anything seriously. Um, RB26s, I've done a lot of work for customers, not myself in house. Um, we've had customers put those in uh, everything from RX7s to most recently we had a 1974Z to 40Z that came in with that application. So that's not bad at all. Um, so Sean is asking, what did I do with the Boxman engine internal? So definitely something I'm very big on is reliability. So anything that can allow me to increase the reliability of the engine, I am game. So the crankshaft first, we had to check out a Magnaflux to make sure that everything is proper, make sure that it's magged and no fractures. Then I took the WPC and had it processed. And they have a surface treatment that we treat the crankshaft and bearings with. Then I had some custom rods made, which I will make available to the public. Um, I bought quite a few, and that allows me to get the pricing a little bit lower and have them available to many of you. Then my friends at Tron Pistons manufactured the pistons for me, and I had Golden Eagle sleeve it. Uh, we have camshafts and also valve train. So that's pretty much the, the, the bulk of the hard parts. And doing break-in, we use Pure Oil. As you can see, a Pure Oil logo up there. We use Pure Oil break-in oil. I use the SAE 40 break-in. And then I run a 20W50 oil as a fill. Um, AJ says, hello, Ari. Hello. 
by the way. Uh, yeah, Baha would be great. Um, B18 or Z6, ooh, if it's B18C, then definitely that's the way to go. Um, yes, I could build a Maria Mitsubishi, especially if it's something that is close to what the partnership existed between Hyundai and Mitsubishi. That shouldn't be a problem whatsoever. Yeah, hello, Dapa, good seeing you. I'm just going to all your questions here live. Um, Fox is asking, have I been interested in two-wheeled motorsports? I'm kind of cool on four wheels already. <laughs> Two wheels, I respect the bike guys, but do you ride bikes, Ari? Ari's crazy. She rides bikes. And um, I think that's too crazy. And it's not because I feel like Ari will be a bad driver or I'll be a bad driver. It's just that people around you are very rude to, to cyclists. So I'll stay on four wheels. Appreciate that. Um, favorite air-cooled Porsche and why? I would say the... Oh, my favorite air-cooled Porsche. I would say it's the 990... 964, 964 C4, the one that people don't like, because the all-wheel drive mechanism is one that was developed for the Dakar Rally, which is very robust. The 964, especially the 8990, those are very tunable engines, and we've done builds for Need for Speed through EA. We've done builds for clients. You can turbocharge that very easily, keep it NA. It's a really nice platform. And even though people thought that the 964s are ugly, I kind of like the look of them. There's one right here next to me. Um, for Matt from 1552. So I like those. Um, thank you so much, Triple OG Skywalker, saying we do the best cars. Appreciate that. Um, B18, B1, or Z6, to be honest with you, if it's going to be a B1, I would go with a Z6. Um, you're saying that it has more potential, but in a B1 form, not as much. The, the valve train limits us significantly. My favorite Honda, Honda motor, is the F22A, as we sit today. A lot of potential and fairly cost-effective to get going. Hello, Dougie. Good seeing you. Um, Visionary, where is your shop? I go to Willow Springs quite a bit. Let me know where, and I'll come by. I love meeting fellow enthusiasts. Thank you very much, Wesley. Appreciate the kind words. You sold your Z6? Oh, no. Z6 have a lot of potential. Sorry to hear that, my friend. Um, oh, that's true. Orange EG. You made some stickers that were green. That's correct. So we had 13 Hondas. So Jeremiah just reminded me. So thank you so much. JDM, we're always looking for great people to join our team. Send your uh, resume to sales.bcmo.com. And if you meet the criteria, you can join us and have a lot of fun. Um, yes, so Matagi99 is asking, have I gone through any schooling? Um, I'm kind of crazy with school. I've done a lot of schooling. How are we doing on questions? Oh, we're good. Okay, so far so good. Because Ari hasn't given me the eye, so I'm pretty excited. <laughs> so let's talk about my academia. Um, I am uh, one of those weird students, weird kids. I come from a family that's very... Technical in nature, a scientifically oriented family. My father's a very bright geologist who continued in the business world for his master's and doctorate. And my mother is a brilliant biochemist, which is fantastic. And they really pushed all of us, my siblings and I, to focus on the sciences and go to school. So I'm a chemical engineer by trade. I have a sis two sisters who are pharmacists. I have a brother who's really big in finance and accounting. I have another uh, sister who's uh, also a biochemist, and our last born uh, in our family, being my youngest brother, is a physician. And what I did is, since I had such affinity for science and learning and paying attention and having good grades, I finished school very quickly. So I didn't graduate high school. I skipped a lot of grades. I was in university at the age of 15, back in Nigeria. And at the time, I was the youngest to ever attend. That may be broken by now. Came over here to the United States because technology was just here and continued and got my uh, Associate of Arts uh, degree in uh, Pure and Applied Sciences, Associate in Science degree 
in the same as well. Got a bachelor's in chemical engineering and a master's in engineering management. So I just love school. So I've done quite a bit. But my affinity, despite being a chemical engineer, has always been automobiles. So during the time I was in school, I did naughty things like street race. I did a lot of drag racing. And since this was in the late 90s, I didn't have the capability of buying parts like you have today from companies like ours. You had to create your own parts if you want to go fast. And my passion was there, and that led me to what I'm doing today. So I know long answer to a short question, Matagi 99, but that's my little story. Um, there is opportunity for 2.0 T-tuning, by all means. There are flashes from our friends from K-Tuner, and they have some really good stuff that can flash very, very easily. I've thought of doing a crazy Porsche Panamera, but only if I get a very tight relationship with Porsche Corporate. So we have a great relationship with local dealerships, um, with McKenna, a little bit with our friends from Rusnak, but nothing from Porsche directly yet. So they've been kind of shy, <laughs> which is nice. But um, it takes time to get these things going. So once I do, I'll be more than happy to build a crazy sick Panamera. That'll be bonkers if we can do that. Let's see. Um, no plans for the S Classic market, not quite yet. And I see you're asking that question, Lam Seal. So thank you so much. Um, hello, Super Descart. Good seeing you. It's been a while. Um, yes, it can be. The B16 SIR can be can be built for reliability. Absolutely. My favorite Honda build, I would say my Odyssey. That car is awesome. It's a car that we built for um, Honda. It was the most difficult, and at the time, the most expensive build for us here at Bismoto. We had to do that in seven weeks. There was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears literally in that build. We had people who got parts to us late. We had people who abandoned the project. It was crazy. But when it was done, it became so iconic with us and the most popular build in this facility so far. So by all means, we take the keys, we give to people like my Farah, we give to the guys from Top Gear, we give to Car Matchmaker, um, you know, and, and they just take the car and race and have fun with it, and it's so reliable. And then we do stuff with Netflix, where people allow us to run street tires or not. Nonetheless, it's a great build, a lot of fun, very iconic, and so comfortable. It's a comfortable ride. Um, I didn't do the cams, AJ. I just did the crankshaft and bearings, no cams, but I should. There are benefits in doing the buckets and camshafts, but I just didn't because we had limited time to get together and the cams in one place and the bug and the crank was the other place and we had to get it together. So I'm so sorry. Um, DJ Ramarov, I think you, I think he submitted this question, but he asked me, what determines the oil grade for my car? You have a 957 turbo using Mobile One 040, which is factory recommendation. He wants to go to Purell. What are the differences and gains in doing so? Significant. That's a great question. Now, one thing is that as a chemical engineer, I have in-depth knowledge of a lot of lubricants. And I've had the capability, courtesy of our friends from Purell, to test everything commercially available. And the weird thing about the oil that you currently use is that even though it's called a synthetic, it really isn't. And what I mean by that is that brand is a hydrocracked, isomerized mineral oil to look like a synthetic. So those are known as group three oils. And they are okay, but don't have great heat resilience. And they have very, 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 very high evaporative function, which means they tend to evaporate very easily. So, when you think about Purell, there's something that you'll find extremely exciting about it. It's a combination of Group 4 and Group 5 base stocks, which are the highest quality base stocks for synthetics, and they're pure synthetics, not rubbish, mineral oil that's chemically altered. Then the additive package is significantly ridiculous. So you see horsepower increases, you see lower oil temps, your evaporative function will go to nil, 
And above and beyond that, you just see significant protection for your bearings, which is something that is very important to me as an enthusiast where I drive my cars on the street or on the track. And even though it has a high amount of zinc, about 1,750 parts per million of zinc, it doesn't disassociate easily from the base compound, which means you don't contaminate your catalytic converter, especially with engines of great health. Now, here's something you have to be aware of, especially if you're in areas that are temperate in nature, um, in terms of temperature. Whenever you get an oil to act like a zero weight when it's cold and a 40 weight when it's hot, which means it's thinner when it's cold to allow easy starting in the winter or snow areas, and then thicker to protect the engine when it's warm, that wide range requires a significant amount of what is known as viscosity modifiers. Those viscosity modifiers are what breaks down and forges sludge when the engine gets really, really hot. And that's what causes a lot of thermal breakdown and so on and so forth. So I've always been an advocate of getting oils that are closer together in terms of weight. So a 1040, in my opinion, is much better than a 040, especially if in areas where it does not snow all year round, which is very rare. So that being said, you have a less chance of breakdown and sludge because the viscosity modifiers are much less. And DJ, when you switch over and upgrade, you'll be absolutely excited. It's fantastic stuff. So thanks for asking your question. I really appreciate that indeed. Um, yeah, S14 said he's been in seven accidents in his motorcycle and he's only 21. Please be careful out there. You know, I'm sure it's not your fault, but people out there are very rude to cyclists. It's very sad. Very sad. Thank you so much, Itz. I appreciate the kind words. Thank you so much. Um, so Just Boston, which are great questions. I'm going to hold on to you, Just Boston, because it's a question that Ari may have here to answer for you. And I'll get you a question, because that's a very good question indeed. Yes, so Ari... Give me, give me one of the questions that people wrote in so they don't get upset. Okay, one of the questions from Smoke Break. Smoke Break. What CFD software are you utilizing? Okay, so Autodesk is a company that I use. Their CFD software is Autodesk CFD. And the reason why I like that is because I do Fusion 360 for all my CAD information, and I'm very comfortable with it. It's a very easy, user-friendly interface. I can send to a cloud and send to my clients worldwide, and they can view it real-time anytime they want. They can make modifications to it and send back to me. It's very nice. And the Autodesk CFD merges very nicely with that software. And I can do everything from thermal processing to hardcore analysis in terms of fluid dynamics. So it's what I use and I've had great success with it. So I hope that answers your question properly. Just Boston is asking, thanks for reading this. He's noticed a lot of my major builds are turbo. Will I ever build in any application? Is it possible to track and street drive individual throttle bodies? And he said, he'll email us. So let me ask you a first question first. Yes. I've done tons of NA stuff, and my background is rooted in natural aspiration. I love natural aspiration. I don't think you can see back there, but in the corner, a little bit to right behind that one with a tire in front, is my insight. And I derived much pleasure spanking turbo cars <laughs> with my NA setup. So bad that I got banned from racing at Sacramento Raceway um, at the uh, um, CMI races because people complain in turbo class that I'm winning the class and I'm beating them and I'm taking their money. It's not fair. So they told me, you know, John told me, please don't come back with this car. Come back with something turbo or someone, something of that nature. Anyway, so I love natural aspiration. So even though I love it and my background is rooted in that, today's market, people demand turbocharging. Think about it. For a fraction of the cost for me to go 920s in that insight, natural aspirated, I can run the same time turbocharged. So just think of my ITBs alone. They are magnesium Kinsler ITBs that I work closely with the team to design. 
It has eight injectors. That intake manifold alone is $3,800. Not counting injectors. Not counting sensors. Not counting engine management. You know what I can do with $3,800? I can get a turbo. I can sleep my block. I can get business. So even with natural aspiration, just because it costs so much, customers are not inclined to pay that much for natural aspiration to go really fast. They just want to go fast. So turbocharging gets you there, especially nowadays. Back in the day, it was sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars to do a nice turbo setup. Now you can do it for twenty grand or less. So that's the reason why. Um, but I build it for myself. Don't you expect to see some good stuff from us? But where the customers' desires are is pretty much what I have to create for them. You know. And um, individual throttle bodies, yes. The thing is that most people aren't comfortable tuning. When I was in school, I drove individual throttle bodies daily. The whole time I was in college, and I had everything from Mukunis to Weber's. And we didn't have very advanced engine management solutions, but I drove carbs. And then we've had customers since then come by in areas where they're allowed to do that on the streets. Yes, you can do it daily. It's your tuning session. And you can do a mixture of alpha N and also speed density. So it is very possible. It's all in the tuning. Okay. Um, Think Tank wants to see nice X4. I'm going to go right around Ari here. And let's see. You may be able to see it right there. That's a nice X4 right there. A very rare one. It's like a wide body nice X4. And for those of you on YouTube, I'm so sorry. You can't see that. Take my word for it. It's a nice, pretty blue one right there. Um, let's see. Oh, so many questions. Um, good job, S14. You should be a Kimmy. We need more. Uh, Oh, thank you, Automotive. So I do go to UK quite a bit. I didn't go this year because it was just crazy at the office. But I tend to go to the Autosports Show in Birmingham um, beginning of the year every year. So I'll be there next year. Maybe we can, we can connect. Thank you, Cam. Appreciate the kind words. Hello, Brusa. Yes, my parents are very busy. And drinking. Absolutely. We do plenty of that with Daryl. He's such a bad influence. Um, it depends, I, Larnas, on your budget. He's asking what car should you buy as his first project car. It depends on your budget. My first car was a Peugeot 504, which is back in the 80s. And then my first race car was my CRX, my Honda CRX 1988 HF. The hardest build I've ever had was the Odyssey because we had a very short timeline. We had parts that didn't come out proper. It was a new dream, um, uh, Earth Dreams engine, and we had to produce numbers for a corporate. It was very difficult. That was my most difficult sub. If I could put an F-22 in any chassis, what would it be? We did it. It would be an insight because it's full aluminum or aluminum, as my friends in the UK would say, and very aerodynamic and lightweight. That's what I'd do it, definitely. And my first car, I talked about that. Yes, so Chris is asking, do we have anything for a K-28? Yes, we do. We have camshafts, pistons, rods. It's all on our website and valve train. And for breaking in, of course, we have a partnership with our friends from Purell. So we have breaking oils and oil fields as well. So thank you so much. Thank you, S14. That feels a lot. Um, you can have success 17th Gen SI with both. And we've had success with both. On an SI, we've done Honda and K-Tuner. It's choice and budget, by all means. I like both. Um, 718s, those are actually pretty good. Um, we haven't played with those yet. So I plan on picking one up from our friends from McKenna. So hang tight. I'll probably have some information for you soon on how much it can handle boost-wise. Um, 1992 DARS is asking, have I ever considered land speed racing at El Mirage? Yes, and I'm terrified of doing it. Not because it's fast, but I feel that if I experience it, I will stop drag racing, I will stop road racing, and that's all I do is top speed. So I'm trying to 
prevent myself from jumping headfirst into that. Just from hearing from fellow engineers, they love it. I am pacing myself. I refuse to go because I know I'll go and I'll fall in love. I won't do it. <laughs> so I'm just pacing myself. Um, true synthetic captain are those who are group four and group five. And those are purely made from man-made materials. The molecular structure for each of the molecules are very even. They're not uneven, and those are pure synthetics. Um, uh, an ideal true synthetic would be Purell, definitely. That's what I recommend. There are other you know, brands out there, Ineos, Torco, but I prefer this. It's far superior, vastly superior. Hello, Caleb. Good afternoon. Hello, Prashish. Good seeing you. Head package for B18C. Want to drive it daily? Definitely, if you need a B16 head, VTEC, that would be fantastic. Um, what's a good oil for 88 Mitsubishi? Money Max, he runs 1030, Pennzoil. Oh, you need to upgrade. 5W30 Purell Elite Synthetic. Fantastic choice. And we have it on sale now for, I think, $14 on our site. Um, I think Purell has it for $21. That's how much it costs. And um, Chris just called me. And um, the guys on Amazon have it for $21. So you can get a good, good price from us. Um, how are we living so far? Hopefully we're still good. Are we good? Okay. Um, let's see. My pleasure, Just Boston. Sounds good. Hello, S14. Um, so how do I do prototyping designs and parts for customers? Quite a bit. So Dan is asking how do we do that. It depends on the scope and the build. When it comes to big project cars, very expensive exotics and high-end stuff, and even hardcore race parts, we tend to do in-house prototyping before we put it to the public. So you see, that's why we have so many variety of cars here. Now, when it comes to one-off stuff, especially the OEMs, we have rapid prototyping machines and fair analysis opportunities here. In-house dynos, fabrication stations, you name it. We do quite a bit. Um, and it starts with basic design and prototyping. Very, very straightforward for us and something you, most engineering companies have the capability of within different markets, but we focus primarily on high-performance automotive. Um, is it worth, Zane is asking, is it worth purchasing a 996 for tuning? People avoid them, but yes, it is worth it, especially if it's 2001 and up. I would avoid the 99s because there's not much of anything to do with tuning solutions. If you have the capability uh, financially, a 997 will be even better, 9971, both turbo and non-turbos. There are a plethora of parts there, and the engines are a little bit more refined, which is very nice. Um, hello, Jose. Good seeing you. Color Supreme, that's pretty cool. Um, best band for buck, EP2, K2 header, muffler, AMV tech, and what's next? Um, it depends. Camshafts would be good for you to do, and definitely a tuning solution. You can pick up a lot of power with that, especially with the components you have. Um, not necessarily C16, C6. So with the Porsches, since the Porsches are typically my own projects in-house, um, I have the luxury of being able to build it properly. So, for example, the Boxman that's so popular back there, um, that is the base boxer that we put a Cayman roof on. It's our road race car. We built that in eight months, so we had time to do that. When you have eight weeks to build a car with a manufacturer, that makes things exponentially difficult to explore. Um, next big build I have in the works that I can reveal. I have a really big one, but I cannot reveal it. Um, I guess in-house for us, I'm going to build another center seat Porsche with a pretty large single turbo. Hello, Louis. From Puerto Rico, thanks for joining us. I like K2 a lot, Chris. I find great success. James Holy, who is the owner and proprietor of the company, and I have a great relationship, and he's helping me quite a bit. And the guy listens. He takes feedback constructively, and he jumps on it. I like the guy a lot, and I love his components, indeed. 
um, plans for the Civic Wagon, Caleb, I mentioned earlier on in our session this afternoon. Um, I'm going to make it look like my older, original Wagon van, but I will update it with the most modern technology from Honda. And yes, Ricky, I shared that before earlier, 2018, they should have something for you in terms of a flash. My pleasure, Captain. Hello, Clarence, good to see you. Um, the brand name, Alec, is Purol. So you can see the sticker right up there, or the banner up there, P-U-R-O-L, we have it on our site, and on sale. My pleasure, Dan. Difference between two-step and launch control, they are both insane. It's just different nomenclature. So a two-step is an environment where you use an engine management solution, or a flashed change in the system to, to I would say, um, extinguish spark every other revolution. So if you ignite one, three, four, two, it could do something like one, four, one, two, one, four, three, two. So it, it kind of keeps it at a certain revenue launch. So it's a way to allow you to launch, have control of your launch without using your foot only, without trying to determine what throttle position to exist in. Now. The difference that I hear a lot, what people want me to ask or explain, is the difference between launch control or two-step and anti-lag. So those are two different things, um, and they kind of coexist. That's where you run a very large turbocharger for an engine that is relatively small. And if you launch with a regular two-step where you ignite, dis or you, you extinguish spark every other revolution, it could bog. You want to be able to build enough boost at rest so when you launch, you have an explosive launch and get out the hole very quickly. So to do that with anti-lag, you actually have to do something similar with a two-step, but you retard timing and add fuel, so you're literally retarding the combustion event into the turbine of the turbo. It's hard on turbos, but allows the turbos to spool very quickly, and hence your compressor now builds up a lot of boost, and you can launch at a predetermined boost level. And you can play around with that boost launch level or horsepower by reducing the amount of timing that you retard and or setting different RPM levels for your launch control for the two-step. So I hope that makes sense. My pleasure, Zane. Thanks for the kind words. Part company suggestions as well. It depends on what parts you're speaking of because we can talk everything from oil to engine management to rods to pistons to head to camshafts to rockers, you name it. So I need to know, jump in like what type of parts you're interested in to give you the right advice. For high horsepower for rotary, Dan, if you are doing something where you're pre-mixing your fuel, then you can use Purol. Therefore, you're not consuming. But if you're still using the old school method of siphoning oil into your engine as part of the combustion event for your rotary, you have to use a mineral oil, something that's commercially available. And it may be best to talk to your builder about that. Hello, Zephyr. Good seeing you. Hello, Connor from the UK. I would debut the wagon or wagons at SEMA at the AEM filtration booth. I want to, Clarence, I want to build a SUBI. Iris gave me the look. She's like, you You guys are asking such score questions here. Um, it depends on our relationship with Subaru. If we get one, we'll do that. Um, I'll let you know when the wagon comes up, by all means. Sounds good. I'll be more than happy to explore your NSX motorsports detailing. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Um, Ford Focus ST, I don't have access to that, but reach out to the guys from Mountain. They're in Carson, California. Very nice guys, and they have vast experience with the Focus ST. Thank you so much, S14. You're very kind. All your filters to run with that, I would su suggest either factory, uh, K&N, or if you have a hard time getting K&N, which you shouldn't, um, Bosch. It's really good as well. Uh, truck, my own Chevy truck, yes, I've done, but nothing crazy. 
Yes, you did, Jose. You missed quite a bit of Wagon Talk. So sorry. Um, when I did my first block, I would say I wasn't that young. I would say I was uh, 18 years old when I did that. Under the direction of a good friend of mine. I didn't just open up myself. It was pretty nice. So, um, I don't know, Jake Cordono, what you meant. So, um, let's see, Ari. What are the questions that we have? Question that, from C. Perez R35. C. Perez R35. Is it possible to have six extra injectors in total to have 12 on an M97 engine? Yes, you can. So he's asking, is it possible to have a total of 12 injectors on M97? Yes, you can. You can have the factory port ones in there. You can incorporate higher up injectors as long as you have an engine management solution to do that. And Infinity has a 12-cylinder that can still allow you to explore that in a sequential manner. By all means. The all use engine for lubrication of bearings, also custom build myself was thinking 530. Oh, you meant in terms of weight? Yes, 530 would be ideal, especially if it's a very, very stable compound. Um, Chris, I mentioned before, you can have success with both. Hondata or K tuner is up to you. Some people tend to choose K tuner because there are applications that Hondata doesn't have. Some people like Hondata because the name Hondata has Honda in it. It's personal preference, but you can have success with both. Um, yeah, automotive, that would be fantastic. I'll be very, very pleased to meet you. Um, yes, so he's asking, is it, do I have anti-lag on a 96 turbo and is it hard on turbos? Yes. So, yes, on that silver turbo back there, even on my blue 996 turbo, I had anti-lag on both, shooting flames. It's hard on turbos, it's hard on exhaust valves. So it's not something you want to do every day, all day, for moments at a time. It's something you do sporadically when you're about to have a launch situation. But if you just want to show off a little bit, just I just press it down for like three, four seconds and let go. But you don't want to sit on it. That is hard on parts, especially turbos. Because you're essentially taking the combustion event and putting it inside a turbine, you know? Oh, that's good. That's good, S14. It's good to have parents that are very supportive. It makes the biggest impact. My parents are my biggest advocates, and they are the reason why I am who I am today. So it's great to have parents who are there for you, you know? My pleasure, Dan. And Cordeno... You're saying this something, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I really wish I could understand what you're saying. If you can translate that for me, that'd be great. Um, you know what? I would love to build a Cressida. Especially if you can put a stuff at 2J in there. Um, we have friends, see, Ari's like, she's a big 2J head. She loves that stuff. 1J's, 2J's, that's all her stuff. But um, I'd love to do that once again with a relationship with Toyota. Because there's so much going on here. You know? Thank you so much, Insta. Appreciate that. And how are we doing our questions? Yeah, one, last one more. Okay, one more write-in. Okay, yes, Ari. From Adam Bender. Adam Bender. Is there a benefit to using higher than manufacturer recommended gas without ECU2? So he's asking, is it useful at all to use a higher octane fuel on a car that was set up factory ECU to run on, let's say, 91? And the answer is no. Now, if you think about it, for those of you who are tuners out there, you know that you optimize your tune, especially in terms of ignition advanced events, for the fuel that's being used. Now, the way you can water away detonation without going to a silly, crazy, involved chemical class is higher octane fuels burn slower. And by essence, burning slower, you have an opportunity where you can water away detonation and have more of a higher anti-knock capability. Now, what does that mean? That means that all things being equal for a set ignition timing advance, if you add a slower burning fuel, it is now igniting the mixture at a time that's not ideal for that fuel. So you need to advance it further to get the proper burn so it can do work on the piston. What does that mean in a nutshell? 
you can actually lose power going to 100 octane on a car that's set up for 91 just because of the nature of the fuel because it burns slower so that being said if you're to run a high octane fuel it's better to tune it for that fuel and when you run that keep it there because if you go to opposite direction that's when you can get in trouble with reliability i am great angelo how are you hope everything is well for you greetings from italy as well picasso thank you so much thank you jump in appreciate the kind words so the red Porsche, man, the first builds are always very, very expensive. So would you be surprised to know that that car costs us far into the six figures, but the subsequent ones we build won't be as expensive. So I may be able to recreate those closer to maybe 150000 or so for the future ones. It's not so bad. Porsche components are expensive, especially the engines. Very, very expensive indeed. Um, first gen MR2, you know, my friends at Buddy Club have one. And I, let them, I told them, if they let it go, let me know. I may be interested. I think those are cool cars. It was actually the first car I fell in love with when I was in Nigeria looking through magazines. And then I saw that, like, oh, I couldn't afford this, so a CRX is the way to go. And that's what got me into CRX. Um, yes, yeah, Scott, good email to send to us would be sales at bcmotel.com. So I hope that helps. Um, Insta Burgess asking, have I ever had a valve spring break on an M96 engine? Yes, so I haven't had it happen to me, but I got an engine that I just purchased maybe two years ago in Burbank, California, and I just took it apart on Saturday, and it had a broken spring. So definitely that's something that, should, that needs to be addressed. And because it broke the spring, it put a hole in the piston, and then the debris scarred the entire cylinder. So now this smaller 2.5 engine has to be sleeved, to be used again, which is quite sad, but it happens. And we have designs for valve springs, so if you need help in upgrading the future, we'll be more than happy to assist you. But I saw it, it's pretty crazy. When it broke, the draw valve dropped, valve broke in half, and then the retainer flew out and it was in the crankcase, which is pretty interesting. My pleasure, Adam. I'm great, Andrew, how are you? Hello, Max Bruce, good seeing you. So that Lotus uh, Caleb is not mine. It's actually Matt Faraz. He is testing it for Lotus cars, he's put Thousands of miles on that thing, and he loves it. He says, if not for the larger cup holders, that car he'll buy it immediately, and it's pretty nice. You know what's weird? It has a, a Toyota engine that's, that's boosted, which is pretty nice, but the body's absolutely fantastic. I think it makes like 400 horsepower, and it's manual. It has a proper shifter, which is pretty nice. Oh, you're too kind. Thank you so much, Carl, for the like, kind words. I appreciate that. Cheers to you as well, Max. Good seeing you as well, and love to have you as part of the family. Hello, Peter. Good seeing you. Ah... Uh, so, Modest is saying, just want to say because of my Porsches, his standards on cars are way too high. No such thing. You know what? We should always embrace being better. So, one thing about me, whether it has to do with cars or my life or being a good friend to Ariana or being a husband to my wife or being friends with you guys interacting is, I always want to leave and go to sleep better than the day before and wake up the next day better than I was the day before. So, having high standards for cars is not a bad thing. Stay focused, and you can achieve anything you put your mind to. Um, the oil I recommend costs too much. No, I couldn't recommend it at oil, Alec. So if you really think about it, if you buy a cheaper oil and you change it every 3,000 miles, let's say you buy a $10 or $8 quart oil, and you change it every 3,000 miles, pure oil is, I have it on sale for $14 a quart, $13.99, I believe. You can change it from six to 7,000 miles. So you now have the better protection, power, and cooling of a superior oil, and you don't spend more than a cheap oil. So when you have an engine, take care of it. 
You rely on that car to give you pleasure. You rely on that engine to keep you safe, to definitely get you from point A to point B. Put the best stuff in there. That is the lifeblood of your engine. Don't skimp on stuff. Companies out there just want to make money from you. If the guys from Pure wanted to just make money, they would sell that for $50 a quart because it's that good. But these companies that sell cheap oil, they're not doing us a favor. They're giving us rubbish. And I will not put rubbish in my car. So by all means, save up, get the right oil. You don't have to change it every 3,000 miles. You can do six, seven, eight thousand 8,000 miles without a problem. Try it and you will be a believer. Don't put rubbish in your engine. My pleasure, Insta. My pleasure, think. Good seeing you. By all means, I look forward to your feedback, Insta. Thank you so much. My day is fantastic, Tyler. I hope your day is great as well. Hello, sugar. Um, I don't have any mods for the 0614 Mazda MX-5, but I can get piston design for you if you ever get to that point. Hello, Puerto Rican star. Good seeing you. And congratulations, Brandon, for your great weekend. Brandon is a great enthusiast, a friend, and a customer. Has a sick black NSX, turbocharged, and he broke his personal best record at Willow Springs this weekend. He runs it on Flex Fuel, has AEM Infinity, came here to tune, and the guy is just a great driver. I'm learning so much from him. I give him a hard time because he never told me how much fun road racing is. So I give him a hard time, which is pretty nice. Um, second gen Acro TSX, I like those. Tons of opportunities. It's a shame that people don't race those more often. Um, a good oil filter, if you're not using factory, definitely K&N. I like those a lot. And that's what I put in the cars here. It's in my race car and both the Boxman, my Insight, and I just did, it, uh, did an oil change yesterday for a customer in his 996 Turbo, Twin Turbo, and we use those as well. Um, so you're 14 years old, Peter, and uh, you live in engineering in Utopia with BMWs and Michelin headquarters. Oh, by all means, you should explore that. There's so much fun, and we need more creative engineers. We really do. Please don't lose focus. Hello, Bombertune. Good seeing you. Thank you for joining us from Peru. Hope things are well and nice and pleasant out there with you. Thanks for the kind words, Peter. We have a visitor from Portugal. Hello, Carlos. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Brandon. Good seeing you. Single or twin turbo Cayman 4981s? Oh, you know me. So you see the Cayman just right here. I love twin turbos. It allows me to, despite the complexity, to have excellent response that I typically can't get from a large single turbo. But this year, um, my friends from Turbinex has this really new crazy compressor design that I want to try out. So I'm going to get a large single turbo and build a center seat and see how that works out for us. It's pretty nice. Um, Carlos asked me, have I ever thought of making an Odyssey all-wheel drive? I have thought of it, but once again, we built this car for corporate Honda, and we had seven weeks. It's impossible. My team and I were talented, but we're not that talented. We could not do all-wheel drive in seven weeks. We barely got the car going in seven weeks. So I thought about it, but it just wasn't engineeringly possible. That's the word, engineeringly. Or it just wasn't possible within that time frame, you know. Yes, you can. Alec, do it. I'll help you out. I have it on sale. For you, I'll keep the sale going for two more weeks. Just for you. So you can experience pure all. Great stuff. You know? Elijah's asking, thoughts on making something like a 1989 Ford Shogun. Oh, Shoguns are awesome. I like those. Doesn't uh, Jay Leno have a Shogun? So for those of you who don't know, it's like a small Ford. Is that a Fiesta? It's a small it's Ford. Nice. Um, and I think they put a, uh, like an SHO motor in the, in the rear. It's so awesome. I'd love to. But once again, because of what we have going on here, it'll be best for me to partner with a manufacturer to do that. These things are expensive. So even if I get help with the engine and chassis, it makes things a lot easier for us. You know, Very, very expensive. 
E30 with a K24A and an S2K gearbox, F Ferrera, that looks dope. The S2000 gearbox, as much as I play around with Porsches and other cars here, there is nothing that feels better than the S2K gearbox shifting. That thing is so positive, inspires confidence, it's awesome. I think that would be a sick build, by all means. You should do it. 7M GTE, not as potent as the 2J, but has potential. You can do quite a bit with a 7M. And we have partners with guys like um, uh, Aaron from Drift Motion. He's had a lot of success with that, but he brought cars here for us to tune for him as well. And it has potential, but if I had a choice between the 7M and 2J, 2JZ all day, all day. Even Ariane agrees with me. Hello, Guillermo. Good seeing you. R34, Mark 4 Supra. Oh, that's a tough one. They're both really good. Mark 4. Mark 4. Mark. Oh, that's a good one. Is that right-hand drive R34? You can't go wrong with either one. That's a good, that's a tough choice. That's so tough. Lithuania is in the house. Thank you for joining us from Lithuania. I appreciate you guys from all around the world. My pleasure, SR. Thank you so much, Peter. And I appreciate you coming here. And I feel special, too, that you are able to interact with me this afternoon. Um, yes, Lova, I have worked with variable brain turbos. And many times, I would upgrade them. So variable brain turbos are very nice. It gives you pretty much what you would see with variable cams, a very wide torque curve. But when you push those turbos, they tend to destruct. So their cars, Porsches that come in here with variable vane, I've upgraded them to static with advanced aerodynamics. But there are advantages for that, but I'm a huge advocate because of the lightweight and reliability. I'm a huge um, advocate of pushing static compressor vanes. My pleasure, Alec. I look forward to your order, Alec, as well. Yes, Shay, you can come by and buy some Purell. If I'm running around, Ariana's here, and she can definitely take care of you. Yeah, you're good. Good choice. So, center seat Civic Wagon with S2K gearbox and K24 Explorer wheel drive. Can we build this? Caleb, that would be difficult. I'll tell you why. An S2K gearbox runs longitudinally on the chassis. So, center drive setups, you have to sit in the middle of the car. But you have to shift. So, to be able to have an S2K gearbox, that tunnel ideally should exist in the middle of the car. Unless you plan on shifting in the middle, that's not comfortable. It's not ideal. The best way to do a center drive vehicle would be either front-wheel drive with a front engine, rear-wheel drive with a rear engine, or a mid-engine. That way you have the floor pan to be able to sit your seat in the middle and have a very good experience for driving, you know. So, Dark Knight is asking, Pure seems amazing only because I only see me use it, which, and he has introduced to Motu Nigeria. We're loving it. Oh, my. So, for the two that you mentioned, Dark Knight, there is no comparison. Because here's the thing. How I met the guys from Pure is they came to me as a customer. We're known in industry as a place where you can do testing and where a variable is set, and that is the only variable that's explored. So the company came to me because they wanted me to test their compound, and it was in green box, in the green uh, um, buckets, to test against everything I can find. And it gave me a pretty large budget to find every oil that I can find commercially available, including the two you mentioned. And what I compare, when I saw between what you use now and the two brands you mentioned is that Pure gave Better cooling, it was harder to even warm it up. More power on the dyno, higher shear stability, and had great chemical resilience to E85 and methanol. So when it comes to chemical dilution, it did a great job in putting aside. I asked, because I respected those two brands that you just mentioned, I asked the engineers at Pirol, how is this possible? And what they shared with me was that in the automotive space, in the automotive community, we have been given old oil technology. 
in aerospace where they are, where they make their money, where they play, they see a lot more friction and heat than we see in cars. So what does that mean? Their compound is based in that area and is vastly superior to what we have in automotive. He said that he wished, Chris said that he wished that more people would update their compounds, but it's expensive to do it, so they won't do it. So all what you mentioned is old technology. When I visit home, I'll bring you some Purell. You'll try it. You won't even look back. You'll feel so bad that you didn't jump on it sooner. And, you know, I've played with everything in the world out here. I even lived with the family of another oil company. And despite my relationship with them, Purell is still my choice. It's sick stuff. I told you earlier, they should be selling this for $50, $60 a quart. It's that good. It's really, really good. I'm doing great, Colin. How are you? Future plans? Okay, so let's see. I'm building a pretty crazy twin turbo setup in the back that no one can see. I'm building two, actually three, three Porsches to get ready for SEMA and a Wagon van. So that's what I have. And all very unique setups. Things I'll be pretty excited. Hello, Chang. Yes. So S14? Yes. You know what? Unfortunately, Pure doesn't have a motorcycle oil if you have a wet clutch because it's really slippery. But if you have a separate oil and crankcase compartment, you can use Pure in motorcycles. That's why the Harley guys love it quite a bit. Um, you don't have enough money for 2J from what you should start off. You should save up. It's worth it. You can do a 1,000 horsepower on a stock 2J bottom end. You should save up and do it right. Hello, Dan. Good seeing you. It's really about saving up money and doing things the right way. Um, with a 7M, if, you, if you're stuck with that, you already have it. You can build internals and boost it, but it will still pale in comparison to the opportunities with the 2J. It's really good. Um, forgot to delete the center seat, rural drive civic wagon, no policies, no, no worries, Caleb. Um, yes, Jay says he loves Purell. He has his true stuff. He's experienced it himself. You experience it, you'll love it, you won't go back. My pleasure, Cullen. My pleasure indeed. Hello, RV. I love Wago Vans as well. Racing suit, I've had, I've uh, raced with Alpine Stars, I've raced with Sparkle, um, I'm yet to get a Momo one, so, so far Sparkle is what I like so far. And they both have the SF, uh, SFI uh, five layer approval and also um, FIA approval as well, which is pretty nice. So I can use one suit for different types of racing, which is nice. Um, how do I manage my time between builds? I'm a vampire, I don't sleep. <laughs> so Ari comes here sometimes and I'm already here and she leaves and I'm still here. I just, I just enjoy what I do. What's that, Ari? Team No Sleep. Yeah, Team No Sleep. That's what she says. There you go. Um, Four-wheel drive Wago van, that'll be nice. But I want to build something this year that's attainable for many people. And the um, Wago van that's all-wheel drive is not very popular. So unfortunately, I'm going to... Unfortunately, unfortunately, I'm going to stay with two-wheel drive so many of you can replicate it easily. Hello, Sam. Good seeing you. Thank you so much for the knowledge. Yes, you can put in a quad if you're allowed to run a standard four-stroke oil. Absolutely. I've had experience with Area Atom. They're very nice. Um, true, and they're just a raw vehicle. True Gentleman is asking, where can I purchase Pure You can get it here from bcmoto.com. You can get it on Amazon. But I have it on sale, which is pretty nice. So thank you so much. 2J is the way to go. So Peter, why don't you come back, because time is up, and I'll answer your question on fastest cars. So come back in a few moments, maybe come out and come back in. Talk to you guys soon. Cheers.